0: You are listening to Season 1 of Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who think differently and want to explore ideas and topics that are relevant to all areas of their life.
1: Hello and welcome to Episode 3 of Reframe Your Life. I'm very excited to be here with Sandy today. My name is Joanne Gibson and today we're talking about education and career and what's shaped where you're at in your education or your career or how that is in context with your whole life. And Sandy, I have to say, this is the first podcast we're doing without seeing each other and I'm a little freaked out right now.
0: I know, I feel the (laughs) same way. It's like I'm missing half the communication of your body language. I won't know when you're just like banging your head against the wall (laughs) listening to me now
1: it's it's true right we so for those of you who haven't been listening to us or are new to us we've done a few now and sometimes we've had some glitches in terms of technology and sometimes we haven't so we're trying to do this without any video and it's helped me realize that I rely so much on <laughs> the body language what I see it's amazing.
0: I'm the same way. So we we are recording this over Skype, and we've had some challenges, and we thought if we shot uh, shut down the video, it would help with the bandwidth, and then maybe we wouldn't have some of those technical things that happened in the last episode. So, you know, reframing, trying something new, looking at things differently, shaking it up a bit. It's all good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And you know know what it does? It keeps us on our toes, right? It totally keeps us on our toes. So we're not just getting bored or jaded with the whole thing. Not that I can ever get bored or jaded with looking at you.
0: (laughs) Actually, I think the whole podcast thing, it will be a while before I feel bored with it because there's so much learning around producing a podcast for me, which is part of the reason that
1: I'm loving doing it. Totally. This could be a whole new career, you never know. So talking about that. (laughs) I uh, I want to talk about I wanna first start with this whole where do you see yourself in five years question. Did you Mm. like when I was asked that by great human resource or managers? Yes. (laughs) Younger. When I was younger, I hated that question.
0: Yeah. So I have to talk about a couple of things that happened recently. <laughs> One, I renewed my passport. And now your Canadian passport is renewed for 10 years. Yes! And when I got it delivered, I opened up this nice fresh passport and I thought, I wonder where I'll go in 10 years. Like what stamps and visas and... Places will be represented in that passport. It's kind of a blank slate. It's really exciting. And the other thing that happened to me recently, and both of these are 10-year things, I found on March 22nd, I found an old journal and it was dated March 22nd, 2006. And in it, I had written where I hope to be in 10 years. And I had written down where I hope to be on March 22nd in 2016. Isn't that freaky? Oh,
1: and what did it say? And I, I found share? it,
0: but I found it on the exact day. Oh, that is just freaky. randomly. I was very close to where I wanted to be. I was so surprised. Like over those 10 years, I've made choices, not even thinking about yeah. that journal, but not that far from where I hoped I'd be.
1: Yeah, so with your career in life, like I've never been, you know, I used to quite often look at Ashley, who knew exactly, you know, what he wanted to study and what career he wanted from a young age. And I, when I got asked that question by people when I was working for corporations, I could never really answer that question. And do you remember when we had to write that first paper in our masters during our first and where are you going to be in five years or something? And I totally get. For leadership, you have to have a bit of a vision and a bit of a commitment and a bit of a direction. But again, when I reflected on my life to then, we had moved countries every five years and none of it – I mean, only one of those moves we'd planned. So it was kind of like – I totally get in terms of career and education, there needs to be a bit of a plan, but how do you balance that with um, opportunity, right? Oh, that's a great question.
0: I had the same experience with Brian. Brian knew when he was five years old, he wanted to be an artist. Who knows that? (laughs) Who knows? But he actually worked all the way through until he went to college to study art on developing his craft as an artist he just always knew I never knew what I wanted to do and uh, it wasn't really until I was around 30 that I actually Mm. had a little glimpse of what I wanted to do for a career and I was 30.
1: Yeah totally I uh, was managing um, a staff person in in their 20s and they kind of came to me and said you know I need to do my master's and I've got to decide what to do it on and I said why are you in such a rush like, why are you in such a rush? You've only been graduated from your postgrad for so many years. There's a whole world out there. Why do you want to do it right now when mm-hmm. maybe in ten years time in your thirties, you may have a different perspective of where you want to be and what you want to do in your in your learning and your studies? So yeah, I think we can kind of put young people as well under so much pressure. You know, you've got to decide this right now. Um, like so when I look at my career and my education. I've got so many different things. So many different things, and I've had to reframe my story around that to you know, on the one hand, and I thought of it when I moved to Cambridge, people could look at my resume and go, "Well, she doesn't really know what she wants to do or where she wants to go." But I've got so many transferable skills. Or I could look at it the other way and and go, "No, this has helped craft and create and develop the person who I am and I still have these wonderful transferable skills, you know, when I was looking for a job in terms of developing relationship and leading and manage people and and understand partnerships and understand social context and and health promotion and community development. So, yeah, I always struggled with that question, where do you see yourself in five years? Until, I have to say, until I, I hit my 40s and I'm on my my journey now, and I want to help people develop and grow to be the leaders that that they can be. So leading in their life, but also leading in their organizations as well. So yeah, it's been yeah. an interesting process.
0: Okay, so I have a question that came to mind then for you. We'll both yeah. answer it, so I'm going <laughs> to put you on the spot. but. I was thinking, just off the record, kind of off the resume, yes. what is something you've done in your life, like a job that you had that you don't include on your resume, or maybe you yes. do, yes. that seems really unrelated to what you're doing now, that you would you feel a little bit like, oh, that was kind of a blip or yeah, kind of an odd. What's the weirdest thing that you've yeah. done?
1: Uh, yeah, it's not so... In terms of weird, but it is something I have taken off my resume, um, is the health and safety. I used to be a health and safety, what was I called? Health and safety officer, I think, at a, at the mine site. Actually, where I met my husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> where, I met, where I met Ashley. And I feel like it's not necessarily relevant now, but... There's still, again, a lot of transferable skills. So what did I do? I did employee orientations. I did inductions. I did safety training. All of the stuff I still do now, but just in a, a different context. What is it around health and safety in terms of business and organizations? It's about taking individual and personal responsibility for yourself to be safe, but also for people around you. So, yeah, it's it's something I took off uh, just a few months ago, actually. Okay. And, But, yeah, it's not really that exciting or that weird? What about you?
0: Okay, so this is weird. <laughs> well, I think it's weird if you know me now because it doesn't right. seem like something I would do. When I was in my early 20s, I did promotional work for a marketing company. And so what that involved was doing things um it was through a modeling agency. So Doing promotional work for a marketing company sounds way better than what it was. Yeah, yeah. What I did was I worked for a modeling agency, and I would go out on these jobs. So one job I had to do was, uh, and this was uh, the launch of Perrier. So this is how long ago this was. When Perrier launched in Canada, they did this Um, They hired a bunch of young 20-year-old women from the modeling agency, and we dressed up as French maids. And we went by limo to all of the media outlets in Toronto and went on air and poured Perrier for the hosts of the programs. That's true. I actually did that. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So not on my resume. No.
1: Thank <laughs> you much. I can see why, and this is why we love our 20s, right? <laughs> we love we love the time we had during our 20s. For me, I don't necessarily want to be, be back there in my 20s. But...
0: Oh, my gosh. I had to, like, audition for that job in a mini skirt and heels oh, and walk gosh. around a room with people looking at my legs. Was that not ridiculous? Oh, Which weird. is a part that I just – couldn't imagine now that I actually did that but we do what we do and um yes so it is a journey a journey of finding ourselves and finding our work and our careers for sure and uh I could probably think of some hilarious things I did
1: (laughs) but you know for me shaping my career and my education, I mean, I do have a lot of, if you if you looked at my certifications, and I know you do too, there's a, there's a lot of qualifications and certifications in there. So I've taken a bit of a road. But I have to say, it's been because I've had great mentors and great managers and leaders in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I haven't, you know, I left school and didn't necessarily get the scores I needed to go into university. So you know what, my first certification was have I ever told I don't know if I've ever told you I don't think you have told me um travel and tourism diploma wow I can see that totally yeah Yeah. exactly so I do believe that even though we're on this journey it it's everything I've done there's nothing that that I regret or that has been wasted you know it's it's helped build me to start my business as a leadership and, and team coach right you know, and the whole travel and tourism has is, is helped me on our personal, my personal side, you know, move countries and stuff as well. And obviously, that was a very uh, close interest there in my late teens, early 20s. And so, but as I moved jobs and kind of took on different roles, I had great people either in HR or great leaders and managers who, who saw things in me that maybe that I didn't. And... One of the reasons I went to university was because I got encouragement to do that, you know. And I was I was in my late twenties when I went to university to do actually what I put on the form in grade twelve, but wow. I didn't I didn't get enough points to get into. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so, still, that's pretty journey, interesting right? that you still wanted to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I just when I look back on all the different transitions I guess I've had and how I reframe my journey from not being oh gosh does she really know what she's doing to it was all a step that I needed to take to get me where I am today
0: yeah you know I was in a um, workshop recently I was leading a workshop with um, for an HR department and one of the speakers that was doing a little piece of it on on talent acquisition, he asked the people in the workshop to put up their hand. If they were doing work that they had studied for when they started their careers and not one person in the room was actually in a role that they like that they had come out of school thinking, this is what I'm going to do. The other thing is there's so many new careers. Now there's, there are things now jobs that people are doing that didn't even exist 10 years ago. So how, you know, it's kind of limiting to think that we can choose a career and that that will be the path we're on for our whole life. I think you're right when you talk about transferable skills. That's really what it's all about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I heard the the so-called research, you know, you'll have seven careers in, in your life. And I've done some research on that. And, it, and it's hard to say whether that's true or not, because, you know, a career it's hard to define exactly what a career is right but yeah i i totally believe and kind of look at i mean in one way i'm like wow these people who know exactly what they want to do is is awesome but also we have to allow and enable people and and feel okay with it in our 40s if we're still trying to work that out exactly. or 50s exactly
0: yes right So along with that, I think that um, people change over their life and the work that they found really rewarding at one stage may not be as rewarding for them in another stage of life. So I'm finding that a lot with people my age. So I'm in my 50s and a lot of people in their 50s start to look at kind of legacy Mm -hmm. And they start to think, do I want to do this, whatever it is I'm doing for the next 10 years? Or do I want to do something different that is maybe not as financially rewarding? Mm -hmm. But that's okay. I've done that already. Maybe I won't have the fancy title, but that's okay. I've done that already. But it will bring me a lot of satisfaction, you know, to quit my job, to sell my house, and to go you know work i don't know at a vineyard mm. at a vineyard doing something you know wine tasting or something that's oh. what, that's what i'd
1: like to do <laughs> totally that's going to be that's going to be our retirement job for sure yes. so but also how does our so if you have a a value or or a um um You know, lifelong learning is a huge part of your life, which it is part. I mean, that's something similar between you and I. It is part of my life, for sure, and it's part of your life. Right. So, but how then does when we are continuing to learn, then that is going to help adapt or change or alter our career? For example, when I did my master's, and I want to hear your story too, but when I did my master's, I wasn't doing it because I wanted to be this I was doing it because I wanted to just learn more and be a better leader and be a better manager in in my life and in my work that opened my mind up to different possibilities on on building my own business and so I don't know why did you do your master Sandy well, like, if, and that's... how did that impact your where you are now
0: So for me, I had wanted to do my master's for a number of years and I just never did it because, well, there were always reasons why I wasn't doing it. You know, time, time or money. They probably all fell into those two categories, time or money. And I was talking to a friend who is a coach and we were doing some, I was doing some coaching with her. And, um, she was actually doing this course and they were being challenged as coaches to be more confrontational. And I just happened to get her after she had had that class. (laughs) So I, she asked me what I wanted to talk about. And I said to her, I'm thinking about going back to school. And she said, boring. And I said, what? Most coaches don't do that. You know? And she said, well, I just think that's a boring conversation. We've had it before, and I'm bored with it. She said, if you want to go back to school, why don't you just go back to school instead of circling around and talking about it every year? And I was just, like, floored. And I thought, well, you know, you. (laughs) And... Can we swear on this podcast, by the way? <laughs> I think we can. So we can make the rules ourselves. Anyway, I I went the next week and I signed up for our course. And it was a course I wanted to take. When I got there, I remember talking to one of the faculty um, advisors when I was in residency. And I told her that I was in a real transition in my life. Yeah. Brian and I had just gone through a really major shakedown, and, and I won't get into it here right now, but I was really not sure about a lot of things that I had been sure about at another point in my life. And the faculty, it was Rhonda, she said to me, she said, one of the biggest reasons people sign up for their master's degree is because they're in a life transition, And they're trying to sort out what's next so they go back to school. So it's kind of interesting for me. It was very comforting at the time. And I, I think that is true, that we don't realize, sometimes we don't articulate it that way, but because we're in some sort of transition in our life, it prompts us to want to go back to school and, Get educated in something different or more education yeah. in the work we're doing.
1: Yeah, and then and then helps and because what we had to do a lot there was really, uh, which we talked about in the first episode, was really review and and frame and reframe and accept uh, and make decisions and and understand that every step along the way we are and we have the power to make decisions in in what we're doing. So, yeah. No, it's fascinating. But, of course, we don't have to be worrying about just education in terms of a formal sense. Right. I, you know, for me, it's been, yeah, I guess mainly do the formal education. I don't do as much reading as you. But also my career, I guess I've defined it as my career, but I've tried not to let it define me, if that makes sense
0: right? Why, why don't you
1: unpack that a little bit more? Yeah, so you know, I guess it's because of the whole societal judgments, and I suppose this is where we might have to talk about parenting or not parenting in, in our next podcast, but you know, I've, I I don't know that I I have a career, and I value I value it, and I appreciate it, and I work hard in it, but I also want to ensure that it doesn't define every single thing that I do. And I know I'm not really unpacking it, but I don't work all the time. Put it that way. Right. Right?
0: But that's why you've chosen the work that you're doing. I'm the same. I am not an A-type personality. I want my work to have meaning in it, but I also get a lot of meaning from other parts of my life. Yeah. So I don't feel like work defines me
1: Yeah, in
0: um, on the same level that I think maybe it defines some other people.
1: That's right. It's I am a this and, and getting kind of caught up in that. And I, and I love, I absolutely love what I'm doing and I love helping people to grow and to develop and helping organizations build, build teams. But I also love leaving that behind and, Relaxing with friends and traveling and doing things that are different from that. But then I also love being able to pick that up on a Sunday and work if I want to. Right. So I love that flexibility, which you actually opened my eyes to, Sandy, because you have been a consultant for a while Mm -hmm. and then you, you went back in the corporate world.
0: Right. And that came after I was doing my master's degree. Everybody was talking about all these teams that they worked on. (laughs) I I loved our cohort and I felt like I was really missing being on a team. So I thought the solution was to go back into a corporate environment. So I took, and I went back into a corporate environment. So I took a job with one of Canada's largest employers. So, you know, 40,000 employees. So it wasn't like, Going back into a small company, I went big and yeah. I found it had, it didn't have the effect I was hoping it would have. I felt very suffocated in the corporate environment and a lot of it had to do around flexibility. I am used to being able to create my schedule myself. And so if I'm feeling this burst of creative energy, I can sit down and write and create blog posts and write curriculum and do all those kinds of things. And if I'm not, I put my energy into something else. But when you're working nine to five, you don't have that same ability to do that. And I I found it really difficult to go back after having about 20 years of self-employment behind me.
1: Yeah, and you I remember that time you really worked... You really worked through that and so you were able to alter and reframe and I remember having this conversation with you and it's something I had a conversation with you about when I was changing out of my government corporate world, I guess, into the entrepreneurial world because I know that about me too. I need to. I like working in team. I like working with other people so if I'm not going to get that, in, as an independent consultant, of course, I'm going to get it in terms of my clients, but who who are my people who I can connect with right? and have conversations with and check in with? And so that's when we kind of, yeah, we, we've got people, right? We've got, that's what we need. Yes,
0: yeah. exactly. So and I, I actually like what you just said there. That's what we need. And yeah. I think sometimes we don't think about that with work. We don't think about work as what do I need from a job other than maybe financially. Yeah. But I think if we reframe it a little bit that way and we think, what kind of work would give me what I need in my life right now? And that question will change throughout your life because sometimes your work, what you need from it is a steady paycheck. Yes. Right. And sometimes what you need from it is, something totally different.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's that drive, right? And I was talking to someone the other day and he's a coach but he mainly focuses on people um, in their 60s and he wants to help them continue to stay up work but maybe not necessarily in the same type of role that they are doing Mm. but how can they still... Get what they need in terms of if they want to contribute and uh, like the regularity of going to work, on, but but they maybe don't want to continue in that same role. How can they still give back and contribute to the work environment, but do it gracefully, if you like? You right. know, as they as they kind of coming to an end of their career. I love that. I actually like to talk to that person and
0: to get you to make me a connection there. Yeah, because- I will. I think there's, uh, you know, we're looking at a lot of my clients are talking about succession planning, and, you know, we don't need all of this knowledge to walk out of these organizations. There are people retiring that have so much to still give to an organization, and it's a loss for them to leave for them and the and the business. So, I think it. I like the sound of what that person's doing. I think that's really cool. So, I'll get into yeah. that connection.
1: Yeah, I will. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating to think about. And then of course, we've got this whole, you know, um generations are getting older, you know, our older generation and and the younger ones coming up. So, how do we adapt in our work and our careers to adapt for a different generation coming through?
0: Right. Great. And All these a, questions and a, a generation with different values of yeah. work completely. So different expectations, different career goals, and um, yeah, just there. that's a good, really interesting conversation when we start talking about work and vocation. Is looking at at it from different generations and also from different stages of life, which are different than generations. So.
1: I'm writing that down Sandy because I think that's a whole new pod a whole oh, new okay. podcast because <laughs> honestly I talk to my brother and my sister-in-law and the boys my nephews are in grade four and they're learning computer coding. Wow you know it's like it's kind of crazy but anyway, I want you to talk about some books that you've read that maybe have because you are a big reader and I'm not so much of a big reader so when I look at my changes in my career and how I may have reframed where I want to be, I've had the help of people who see things in me that maybe I didn't see. And actually, one of them was your friend who we went up to um, Blue Mountains for a a ladies getaway a few years ago. And your friend said to me, I see a lot of entrepreneurial spirit in you. Mm. And it just kind of like, I don't see entrepreneur. I didn't see entrepreneur in me because, again, I kind of held it up as this, you know, oh, an entrepreneur is Richard Branson, you know. <laughs> but And it, so I really reflected on that, and that helped me make a huge decision, career decision in my life. Knowing what I needed, like I said, I need team, I need people around me, I need support, knowing when I stepped out of that role in an organization I was going to lose that so what did I have to do to surround myself with that support but knowing also that I'm a bit like you Sandy I can I can follow the rules because as we were talking about personality like I can follow the rules until I go yeah I don't agree with that one so I'm just going to not follow that rule <laughs> <laughs> so I want to change it and I do I look at things with a lens of this is great how can it change how can adapt and that's what entrepreneurial spirit is so that's what she saw in me so yes it's hard to be an entrepreneur it's hard to start your own business build it all that kind of stuff but but that's the challenge I've realized I have needed I'm not a lifer I can't stay in one single role all the time I very much want to kind of adapt and continue to change so I went off tangent a bit there but I want to talk to you about you know besides from kind of the um the structured learning
0: you know has there been
1: any books that you've read that you feel have helped you kind of re-question or
0: yes and so three came to mind right away like just I do
1: read a lot yeah you do
0: (laughs) and I will actually put links to these books on um, my website sandyreynolds.com. so if anybody wants to look or we can put them in our newsletter when we send it out the first book is a book called refuse to choose by a woman named barbara Scher, s-h-e-r and she talks about people who don't know what they want to do in their life And this idea in our culture that we have to make a choice. So the idea in that book is refuse to choose. And you can have multiple careers. You can have serial careers, she calls it, where you do one thing, like you're a travel agent and then you're a life coach and then you're a whatever it is. You can have serial careers And the other, or you could have, she calls them like plate spinners or people that might have three or four part-time jobs. And for some people, that's very fulfilling to be doing a bunch of things. But what that book brought to me was, she says, it's important to know what your nectar is. So nectar for bees is, is their food. So what feeds you? And I realized that learning feeds me. Mm. So whenever I get to a point in any job I'm doing where I'm not learning, there's no learning curve, I get bored and restless, which is why consulting and working on my own is perfect for me because I I can look at... Different things all the time and I I'm not bored. I'm always challenged and stretched so refuse to choose is a great book The next one I love is I think it's called the element by Sir Kenneth Robinson his name he did a TED talk he's a um, British guy obviously sir and that was (laughs) not his first name that was his title (laughs) and he looks a lot at education reform and a lot around the idea of careers and looking at um, helping people really prepare to do what what best suits them in their life and encouraging and supporting that and then the third book was written by Parker Palmer. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-mm. And I'm trying to think of the name of the book. It is, I see the cover, and I think it's like Courage to Speak or something. But in that book as well, he talks a lot about work is vocation and calling and about how you need to really listen to who you are and sort through a lot of those questions before you know what you want to do. So I, those three Um, When we'll put some some links on my website to them and Mm. um, maybe send them out on Twitter as well or something so people can find them. But I think there's some really good books out there. I think the important thing for me in reframing career has been that it doesn't have to be forever.
1: Yeah, thank you. As you were talking about the first one, Sandy, that's what I was reflecting on for me. I... And that's when I had to reframe my, oh, some people could look at my resume and think I'm not loyal or I, but no, it's, I, I was very much project based, right? So right. I would go in, support a project, develop it, implement it, check policies, procedures, structure, all this kind of, like, I love that kind of stuff. And then once it's up and running and working fine, if you like, there's no challenge,
0: And it's interesting because my sister has worked for the same company for, I don't know, 20 years, I think, and basically in the same role. And she is really happy with it because whatever her nectar is, I think it's around being really efficient, around knowing what's required of her. And there are a lot of things, I think, about her work that must fulfill that for her. And for me, it's hard to understand that, but we need both kinds of people. We need people that are like my sister and we need people that are like us because otherwise, who would who would bring that fresh perspective into organizations or who would keep them running and do all the day-to-day work?
1: Yeah, and for me, when I was managing team, the best piece of satisfaction for me was when I had... A staff person who was so happy in their job and just very happy to do that work day in, day out, and you could rely on them, and they did the best job they can. And and they would be the constant, right? Right. But also, the other one was the people who came in and out who were looking to continually grow and develop and would leave, and I would always say damn I really don't want you to go but I'm so happy for you cuz I know right. it's the, you know it's the like it's the best thing for you and that's great you know and I I would love you to stay but because it was like me I'm not going to I'm not going to hold you back you know and I think going back to the generations one that's what we need to be you know, if we if we kind of flip into the leadership piece for a moment, that's what we need to be aware of as we continue, because our generation coming up who perhaps are a little bit more the two, three, four year and continuing to grow and and different values around that piece, right? Right. So yeah, yeah. So, no. The-
0: okay. So my question for you is: You started off with the "Where do you self see yourself in five years?" question at the <laughs> beginning, which. We both managed to avoid answering, I think. (laughs) So if you were to reframe that question, because we don't really, I don't think we really resonated with it because we didn't answer it. If someone was to come to you and ask you for career coaching or, you know, just, and I get a lot of this. I'm sure you do too, from all different people in all different stages of life saying, I'm not sure what I want to do. Yeah. with my life what would you tell them like what would where would you start with someone
1: yeah so I say what does success look like instead of where do you see yourself you know what are you going to be doing in five years just kind of what does success look like we had to answer that question for our uh, first assignment in the masters I said I don't know what career or what role I'll be doing but I will be helping people I will be continuing to travel learn explore and funny, I was asked that question when I lived in Calgary. And I said, I don't know where I'm going to be doing and what I'm going to be doing in five years' time. And look where I am. I'm in Cambridge. I didn't know I was going to be right. in Cambridge, right? But so I, I tried to focus more on the um, what am I seeing and, and feeling in, and what are the things I like doing now that are my nectar that I need to continue to be doing in five years' time and whether it be in a different role or a different place that's okay so yeah i and so i would ask people what their strengths are and -hmm. a lot of people can't answer that question right you know what what are their strengths and so so then kind of break it down to what do you like doing now what does success look like and feel like for you right now that you can take further into your your career or your life or your development yeah. Yeah, cuz it's it's a hard question and certainly when I was younger I go I don't know. And even for Ashley and I, you know, we we know that we are happy here. We know that we are happy in our work. We know that we are happy in our relationships. But we also know we're open to opportunities.
0: Right. So I was looking at a coaching certification on the weekend. Yeah. So I've done some coaching courses as well. And I've been certified to deliver some um, corporate coaching courses. And I I, I do coach. Um, But I was thinking there is a program that I've been thinking about for a few years. And I thought maybe I should just do it. Not because... I think I need the credential, but because I think I'm missing learning a little bit yeah. and the formal learning. So, of so it, I'm really thinking about starting it in the fall. I haven't made a final decision, and but I'm I'm looking at it. I keep every time I'm on my my laptop, I open it up and I go to that page and <laughs> on their website, and I just put it in my shopping cart and then go, no,
1: not yet, not yet. <laughs> it's true. So, I mean, I did my coaching certification a few years ago too, but I want to do more. I want to continue. I want Because I'll tell you why, Sandy, when we were at our master's, we had our, one of our faculty, Beth. Hey, Beth. Um, she, because we were learning so much there. Right. And I remember her saying, you take away the learning that you need to take away right now. Right. You know, you will learn what you need to learn now. And I've taken that in every learning environment. So when I was doing my coaching certification, I was like, okay, you know, don't put pressure on yourself. You learn whatever you need to learn now and then you'll learn more later when that comes up again, you know. So I want to do… I want to do my master's again because I loved it. It was a great learning experience. I want to continue to do more coaching because, yeah, it's It's a lifelong learning opportunity, right? We can – I don't know. I feel like we can always learn, always learn. Yeah. So – and, you know, we, we we know a lot. We have some great expertise. But in terms of career paths, you know, I, I hate finance, for example. I hate finance. But mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, oh should me. I really – you know, being an entrepreneur, should I really try and learn a little bit more about this? So I and even what we're doing now. You know, we signed up for podcast trainings.
0: Yeah. It's you been know. a lot of learning for us to do it, this. It has. What sounded like a great idea. And it has <laughs> been a great idea, but the there's two sides to podcasting. There's the actual content, which I think is what draws us to it. it, but then there's the technical side. Which you know, at some point in the future, we will hire someone to do that for us. We don't want to be the technical people. It's not. It's not our wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, and that's right. It's so not our nectar. I yeah. like how you said nectar. I love yeah,
0: it. that's good. So we we will sort that out. So just to wrap up, I think yeah. there's a lot around reframing career. I think we've talked about some. Ideas, But I think the big takeaway for people is that, you know what, it's okay to change jobs, to recreate yourself at any stage of life. And I think as we grow as women and individuals, we often find ourselves in a place where we either go back to school and get more education or we may carve out a different career path for ourselves and that's okay you know what what's important for us in life is that we really are doing what we feel is essential to our well-being and that's that may be staying where you are it may be making a complete shift so
1: yeah it's about not letting society put any pressure on and just really yeah working it out for ourselves and being okay with it So to all our life reframers out there, we hope you take away a few points and consider what's going on in your life and your career at the moment. And question, is it time for a reframe or are you exactly where you need to be? See you next time. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our podcast today? If so, we'd really appreciate a review on iTunes, SoundCloud or our Facebook page. For more information, visit our website, reframeyourlife.ca and sign up for our newsletter.